And here's Giggs. What balance. What a run. Giggs, it's not bad, is it? Rather weary one from Vieira. Giggs gets past Vieira, past Dixon, who uh, comes back at him. It's a wonderful run from Giggs! Sensational goal from Brian Giggs! In the second period of extra time, he's cut Arsenal to ribbons, and the team with ten men go back in front 2-1. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen and as always Sam and Maisie are on the mic too. How are we guys? All good. Very good Helen, how are you? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Sam, still no haircut for you? No, just letting it grow. I like it. I feel like, uh, at, I, I feel like at some point it's going to look cool. Really? I'm just waiting for that to kick in. Are you just going to wait now until hairdressers yeah. open? Yeah, when I was a teenager, my hair was like down to my shoulders. No way. We need photographic yeah, yeah. evidence of this. We need photos of that. And I used to play football wearing an Alice band, such was my admiration for David Beckham and his hairstyles that I felt it appropriate to do the same. How old were you then? Like 15. <laughs> wow. Oh, I love this story. How do we not know that? <laughs> Maisie, any golfing this week? Yes, twice this week. Yeah. We're on the day of Friday, so I played Thursday and Monday, so which was good. Did you play against anyone, or did you play alone? Uh, no, well, it's only two balls at the moment, so just uh, just a couple of mates. So it was good. Played crap, but it was good. Yeah, nice. Right, before um, we start today, we have to address something that happened in last week's episode, or more accurately, after last week's episode. We record these lockdown episodes over a video chat, but because the audio on those isn't always the best, we also record ourselves locally and stitch it all together in the edit to make it sound nice for you guys at home. That's our lovely producer, Matt Tasker, does that for us. So thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, However, last week, somebody... It hung up the video chat but forgot to stop recording on their phone. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Let's play the first clip. <laughs> so, Helen, when I heard that first time, I thought it was ice cream. But because I got on the call early, Maisie's actually told me what it was. And I don't think... In a thousand guesses, you could guess what he was jibbed out of. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that means. It means like he was like sort of stitched up. I got robbed. Stitched up, right. Must be an English yeah. term that I don't know. Honest, I can't believe it. I'd been to the shops and I was making a curry. I'll leave it at that. So, fire away. Why are you putting me on the spot like this? Well, Why did you just have this pre-chat without me? So unfair. You'll never get right. it. Go tell me. So I bought cashmere chilies in a little jar. Right. And I also bought chilies in a jar. And when I held them both up, the actual chili, flake, chili flakes was like just above halfway. And then the cashmere chilies were full to the brim. So they've actually jibbed me out of... Half a pot of chili? Yeah. <laughs> I was devoured. I thought you cheeky, cheeky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is it didn't stop there, did it, Maisie? There's more. <laughs> Relight my fire Your love is my only desire Relight my fire As I need Your love 
Wonderful. <laughs> Is that your karaoke classic? Oh, I don't even know why I was singing it. It must have been on... Must have been on is, or something. I know, I know. But I like to cook and I like to have the radio on and obviously you can't hear the music there because... It wasn't uh, on. It wasn't, on. it wasn't on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get on to this week's guest, shall we? Somebody you know well, Maisie, of course. Uh, we were just talking beforehand. I'm not sure how many pages and pages of notes you could have for this person. Yeah. I mean, this podcast could go on for days, really. The amount yeah. of achievements. It is insane, isn't it? It could be a Peter Schmeichel episode. Mm-hmm. It'd be, I think it'd be one of those that... There's probably three people, four people who you'd love to speak to. One was Sir Alex, who we yeah. get asked week in, week out. Keeney, exactly the same. Giggsy and Eric. Then those are four... Sorry, Skolzy. Everybody. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sam's mate, yeah, Skolzy. Well, yeah. Sam, Sorry, I Sam. thinks that we... Because we're speaking to Ryan Giggs today, that's going to be his new friend too, because Paul Skolz is his friend. He, well, I hope so, by the end of it. As long as it goes friends. well. Oh, friends. Friends. I've got some well couple friends now. <laughs> but no, I'm really looking forward to it. Giggs is um, most decorated footballer British history. So it's, um, where do you start with him? Yeah. Where do you start? If you read his list of achievements, I don't think we'd stop. It's absolutely insane because it's not just the trophies he's won, but there's things like there are only 28 footballers in history to play over a thousand games. He's one of them. He's got the most assists in the Champions League out of everybody ever, except for Messi and Ronaldo. Most assists in the Premier League. Most games for Manchester United. Team of the, he was in a team of the century, team of the decade. Like, it's just endless, the things he's achieved. Yeah. Yeah. Although some people think he's overrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clueless. His fitness levels, Maisie, must have been unbelievable. Yeah, phenomenal. I know he did a lot of yoga and that's how he adapted his body, wasn't it, later on in his career? But Yeah, that, that was obviously later on in his career. But I think we, we spoke about this on on Pally's podcast when we'd be doing like eight 300s, eight 400 metre sprints. Well, you couldn't have, we never sprinted for 400 metres. It was like a gallop. And Giggsy would get to about a 300 metre point and just breeze past you as if he'd only just started. And it really, really did you off. It did. All you want to do is just boot him and hack him down. It only annoyed people at the back, really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Some people like that competition, but no. <laughs> no, no. Me, Pally, Brucey, uh, Big Pete at the back, yeah. Big Pete weren't too bad, to be fair. So it'd be more me, Brucey, Pally, Scalzi at the back. Do you know what? At least you're honest. But just phenomenal. Phenomenal player. It really is. So lucky to have had him at our club for, well, his whole career. And he could have been on the other side. Oh, I know. That, that makes it better, I think. But he used to wear United shirts at City training, didn't he? Mm. Did he really? Good lad. Well, we'll ask him. Yeah. Shall we speak to the living legend himself then? Here is Ryan Giggs. We are now delighted to be joined on the podcast by a man who, if I introduced him properly by listing all of his achievements, this podcast wouldn't end. Uh, He is one of the most decorated footballers in history, the most decorated British footballer in history, with 34 trophies to his name, the most appearances by an individual from Manchester United ever, and one of the most requested players we've had from you guys to get on the podcast. Hello, Ryan Giggs. Hi, guys. Giggs it. Amazing. All right. Yeah, good. Do you listen to podcasts firstly, Ryan? Yeah, I do. I do. I listen to the odd one. Yeah, you know, you get recommended ones to listen to, especially with myself driving down to Cardiff and driving to games, then then I'll stick one on. Do you listen to sport-related podcasts or do you go out of the box a little bit? Yeah, no, sport mostly, but 
Um, also business ones, um, yeah, business leaders. So yeah, different ones really, but mo- mo- mostly sport. Have you listened to ours? <laughs> I have, yeah. Who did I listen to? Who was on it? Right answer. Yeah, I have. I can't remember. Yeah, no, I've listened to a few, yeah. <laughs> Good. So you've had quite a bit of time off. Well, we say off, you're probably never off. You probably just never stop, but you've not been traveling to Wales, not been meeting up with the teams. How have you been keeping yourself busy over the last couple of months? Uh, yeah, well, probably like everyone else, really. Um, first of all, struggling with homeschooling. A few teething problems, especially at the beginning. Keep trying to keep fit. I mean, the good thing is you can sort of have a structure because you knew what you were doing every day, more or less. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you can go two ways. You can have a few drinks at night, every night, which probably Maisie Maybe. does. Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> or you can get into sort of an exercise routine. So, yeah, I've been doing a bit of exercise, keep fit in the morning, and then, um, you know, like I say, homeschooling. And then some days you just don't feel like doing anything, do you? So you just don't do anything. But Has it given you time to do loads of, like, homework on teams you're coming up against in the future and stuff? Well, the problem we've got, I mean, you know, obviously we were we would just be preparing. Where would we be now? What date are we on? Yeah, we'd just be getting back from Portugal. No, we'd still be in Portugal for our um, our camp before the euro so in a year's time you know we've been preparing for um italy switzerland and turkey years time they could have different players so that's the problem we've got mm-hmm. where um you know in a year's time it could be a different team whereas my team could be completely different as well because if you go yeah. back a year international football is a long time so um yeah i mean i've, I've been looking back a little bit on our qualifying where we could do better where we did well of course you get you get a chance to do that yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult for, for international mm-hmm. managers because you don't know when the next game's going to come. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, now, usually with these podcasts, what we do is we'll just chat with someone and sort of start at the beginning, talk about their early life, their first interest in football, how they got to Manchester United and then sort of the rest of their career. And, you know, it takes 40 minutes or an hour or whatever. If we did that with you, we might be here forever, given your incredible longevity in the game. Um, and also, because we, we don't need to feel like you're repeating the same stories because you must get asked stuff a lot. Is there anything you get asked all the time? And if so, we just won't bother with it. Well, different stages of your career. You know, when you first got into the team, uh, it was what Cantona's like. You know, after three or four years, then it's what's Beckham like, then it's what's Roy Keane is like, and Ronaldo... <laughs> So it's usually about, you know, the players who are the big stars at the time um, that I get asked about. But I'll tell you what I've done. We do like a sort of road show, go around schools in Wales. And the kids, no disrespect, the kids ask the best questions. The kids ask yeah. questions, you know, which you haven't got an answer to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're just not expecting it. You're not sort of programmed to answer them sort of questions. So it's been brilliant. So, um, yeah, I, if you can go back to your childhood then maybe that um, that'll be better for you just uh, ask a few questions who'd win in a fight superman or roy king <laughs> there we go <laughs> well superman ain't gonna maybe listen to this so definitely keen <laughs> <laughs> yeah safe answer <laughs> okay well, well we'll keep that in mind take us back to the beginning uh ryan obviously born in cardiff yeah. Grew up with a different name as most people know, Ryan Wilson. I, do you know what? I have to say, I had a friend at school called Ryan Wilson and we used to think it was the best thing ever because obviously everybody knew that your real name was Ryan Wilson and we remember thinking like, <laughs> it was just such a big deal. Do you know whenever you were like six at school and it always reminds me of it when I see it written down. Um, but you played football and rugby league from a young age. Yeah, I did. My dad was a rugby player. So mm-hmm. um, I used to go and watch him every weekend um, from about seven or eight till I was about 12. 
So I was a big rugby league fan and played it and our school played it. So when I was about 10 or 11, I, I enjoyed playing probably equally. And then as I got a little bit more towards my teens, um, football sort of took over and I was, I was better at football. And especially the better you get at rugby, the, more, the better players you come up against and you realise maybe I'm not going to be the best. Uh, whereas football, I was always, you know, there or thereabouts, you know, the best player. Mm-hmm. Was you always the best at school, Giggsy? <clears throat> yeah, at school, yeah. Salford boys, probably, yeah, the first club. I mean, I don't, you would have remembered George Switzer. He was in my year yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was the best. He was the best in the area. He, he actually played the year above us. So we went through all these trials um, in Salford. And then the last trials, when he got down to 20, George turned up and I'm thinking, who's this? And everyone <laughs> knew his name. And then you seen him on the pitch and you thought, okay, this is the level that I've got to get to. But yeah, usually um, in school and then, like I say, the same with rugby, the, the more teams, the better players you played against, um, the more competitive it was. I like that you said, because everybody else we've spoken to, we always say, oh, did you feel like you were good at that age? And everyone goes, oh, you can't really tell. And I think there's a lot of false modesty, but I like that you just said, yeah, I knew I was good. Yeah. Did you always feel, even as you got older, like, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, I can do this. This is easy. No, no, I didn't think it at the time. But looking back, because I always got picked, you know, I'd get picked as captain and you, you think, oh, well, you know, they must think something of me. But I, I, yeah, I didn't think it at the time. But looking back, you know, you're always in the number one pick or you always was captain so yeah yeah you didn't really have the physical body though did you for a for a rugby player well I mean look I'm going back to like the Granada was it Granada reports or something like that and you spin layers out yeah that was probably that was probably when I realised I was about 14 then (laughs) 14 but I would have been the same height then and I as I am now so the good thing about playing rugby I was never intimidated physically you know when I played I would play a year above um, yeah. Salford Boys or Deans my Sunday League team so because I played rugby I was never physically intimidated by anyone so yeah even though I wasn't like the, the, the biggest I'd played rugby and that is you've got to be a little bit yeah. crazy to play that game Yeah. Do you still watch a lot of rugby now? Not as much as I used to no mm-hmm. um, probably the last couple of years I've not I mean I grew up as a um, my dad played for Swinton but I grew up as a Wigan fan really because during the 80s they were the, they were the best team they were the team and my dad took me once to watch um, Great Britain Australia at Wigan's ground and there was a few Wigan players playing and from then on really I supported Wigan that noise is Maisie's beer machine I keep thinking that's my screen freezing every time that happens every week sorry beer machine just maybe yes. yeah it happens every single week gigs it to the future they're absolutely meant mate <laughs> the future they are they're brilliant so we'll have juices and we'll have Nutribullets and stuff you have a beer machine <laughs> Perfect for, for an afternoon drink. That's your breakfast. <laughs> so, Ryan, you you really mentioned there that you were at Salford at the time. You joined Manchester City School of Excellence. Yeah, yeah, I was at City for, for a couple of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. and tell us about the move over to United then. Well, I was always a United fan. I played at City because my Sunday League team manager was a City scout. Um, so it was a natural progression where there's three or four of us who went down from my Sunday League team for a couple of years. But obviously Salford boys played Lower Broughton Road, played right next to the cliff. And the manager got to hear about me. The manager actually got to hear about me off a steward um, who used to come and watch me play for Deans. Um, someone called Harold Wood, who sadly died uh, two weeks ago. Um, but he was um, he was a great bloke. He used to come and watch us for Deans and he would be knocking on the manager's door. He'd be a car park attendant at the cliff. So he would be there when all the first team 
uh, players were coming in and he would sort all the car parking out and he would be apparently knocking on the manager's door saying, listen, there's a lad playing next door. He's at City, he's a United fan, you need to go and see him. No way. That's... Am I right in thinking you used to wear a United shirt to training at City? No, I used to wear my PE. Didn't have a lot of money, so just get that one in. But I used to... <laughs> so I only had my PE kit, which was red. Right, okay. So I used to go down into training and um, I'd just have my, um, take my coat off and it would be red. And they used to give me a blue tracksuit. No, you can't wear red here. <laughs> or anything else. So they used to give me a blue tracksuit and make sure it was covered up. That steward that you mentioned there, Ryan, was he at the cliff then the whole time that you guys were at the cliff? Did he kind of yeah. see your career? Yeah. That's, cre- that's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. So he started off before I was there. He was at Old Trafford and at the cliff. And then when I was actually in the first team, he would be still be there, yeah. And he'd give oh. me a pound every time I scored. Even... Oh, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so he started it when I was like obviously younger, and then he carried it on. And you know, by the time I'm like 19, 20, I'm saying, "Oh, come on, you know, <laughs> give it a rest." Um, but no, no, no. Here's your pound. Here's your pound. Oh, I love that. So he's brilliant, brilliant character. What, what about when you were in like your thirties? Yeah, still be, still be giving it. To me. That's amazing. So, so he's actually passed away. Is he's passed away skin? <laughs> <laughs> he's brassic. Uh, always lowering the tone. Gigsy, what, what was yeah. it? What was the com- comparison like? Obviously, got being at City as a young kid, and then obviously going over to, to United. Was it a big difference or no? No, City were uh, just comfortable with it. No, City again. You know, you talk about, did you think he was the, one of the best? When I went to City, they were really good young players there. And then you got a little bit of a shock because you weren't no longer the best. Yeah. And um, you had to really work. Can you, can you remember any of the players over there who had been playing? No, um, Simon Davis was there, who um, is now at City. Um, yeah, not shaky. Tottenham, Simon, but yeah, shaky, yeah. So he was, yeah. To, and then obviously he went on to, to go to United. So he was there. There was a couple of young lads who played for England. He went on to play for England schoolboys, like called yeah. John Foster. He's from yeah. up near, up near you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Foster, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you got the move to United in the end because you played against them at the Cliff, right, and scored a hat trick. Well, I played. Um, yeah, Salford boys played like a select, and after that game, we went into halls of residence for a week. It was a school holiday, um, so we were in schools of residence just up the road in Kersal. So I knew that I would be then. It was my first trial, really. But yeah, I was. Um, I scored a hat trick, which was a good start. And then I had to go and join up with the lads. We beat them four three. Salford won four three. And then I had to obviously go and join up with the lads who we just beaten. <laughs> Is that the game? There's that really famous quote that Sir Alex Ferguson came up with for you about. I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what it was about. You like flowing in the air like a piece of like a dog chasing a piece of silver paper or something. No, that was actually um, a training. Um, that was so that was that week okay so I'd, I'd played in the game on the cliff at Salford but I'm not too sure if the manager was watching that but then during them trials during that week we trained at Littleton Road and it was during that week that yeah he come up with the quote was that the actual quote? <laughs> I'm trying to find it now I think it was like a cocker spaniel chasing a bit of silver yeah it sounds a bit better than what Sam says a dog chasing like a, a Kit Kat wrapper <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you signed professional contract on your 17th birthday that's a nice little birthday present yeah um it was it was um i signed it at the cliff it was in the old manager's office who was there with you at the time uh, it was just me and the manager um i think oh um joe brown might have been there he was like a youth development officer then 
um, he might have been there as well. I'd already obviously trained with the first team a few times. Yeah. And I, it was the day that I said, um, so I said to the manager then, do I still have to go to college? <laughs> so he says, you can do what you want. You're a, pro, you're a professional now. So the next week, we used to go to Trafford every, uh, Trafford College every Thursday. The next week, I just Timbal. sacked it off and went, I just come <laughs> in for training. So I'm in the queue at the cliff to have lunch. Eric Harrison taps me on my shoulder. What the f*** are you doing here? <laughs> I went, what do you mean? I've just trained. You've got college, it's Thursday. No, no, it's okay, Eric. Uh, the manager says I don't need to go. Well, the manager's wrong. <laughs> get on that 52 bus and get yourself to college. So I had to go. I had to leave my dinner, I'd leave my tray, get on the bus and go to college. So that brought me right down, back down to <laughs> yeah. earth. How important was, was having someone like Eric around for you in, in terms of your development? No, he was brilliant. I mean, um, he was just um, a tough man, which, you know, we've all talked about. Um, but he, all these teams play brilliant football as well. And just the routines that he would go through in training, repetition, repetition on skills. And then there was the physical aspect. He would be constantly testing you, putting you against, um, you know, someone of equal physical attributes, you know, a man-to-man mark for 20 minutes. And if your man scores, it's your responsibility. So he was constantly constantly testing you both physically and, and psychologically do you remember parts of you know his character and i know that he was a quite a hard character as everybody talks about that you just said but do you take parts of that into your own management from eric harrison he took you out of your comfort zone that's what he did and see how you reacted mm-hmm. you know you would never you never felt it was like sir alex you never felt safe but in the same way they would still give you confidence mm-hmm. in you know if you were doing well then they would tell you you're doing well. If you drop below them standards, they would be on to you. Mm-hmm. So it was simple as that. So you constantly, every day, you knew you had to go in and perform. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what Eric was like. But like I say, all his teams, you know, you go and watch his A team and there would be hundreds there, go out and watch him. And mm-hmm. Brian Robson has always said, you know, when he, he was coming back from injury, he wanted to play in that A team because they played good football and you were playing with, with good players. So no, he was, um, he was a tough man, but um, he was a great football man as well. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So back to you. You get to turn pro, sign your contract with Manchester United at the age of 17. At that point, and when you're having conversations with Alex Ferguson, because he wasn't a knight quite yet, was he telling you, you're going to be huge, we're going to be playing you all the time, there's a huge uh, chance for you here? Or was it just a case of, yeah, we'll see what happens, let's give you a try? It was always, like I just said, really, he would compliment me by, obviously, uh, Ryan, I want you to train with us today. Probably I hadn't made my um, debut yet. And then you would just be thinking, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm in the first team. And actually, training with the first team as a young player is easier. It's easier. You're quicker. And a lot of the older pros are taking it easy in training. So actually, and you're playing with better players, so you're making runs and they're finding you. So it's actually easier. And then he would say, okay, you're going back with Eric for a couple of days. And you're thinking, have I done anything wrong? You know, what? What, what have I done wrong in that? So you were constantly on your, on your guard and you never knew really where you were. Um, you never felt comfortable. But when you were in the first team environment, he made you feel, you know, I don't want you to do anything different. I want you to carry on doing what you've been doing. That's what's got you here. So don't think you need to prove anything. Don't you need to do anything different. Yeah, he just knew how to manage people and get the best out of them. We had Lee Sharp on uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
I remember we talking lies. to him. All lies. <laughs> he talked about me. <laughs> he did talk about you. Uh, but he told us a story about when you were about 17 or 18 and you were sort of in the first team and he would have been like 19 or 20. Yeah. And in the changing room, because you'd started starting a bit more than he was and him putting his arm around you trying to give you advice. And then some of the senior pros noticing and laughing at, at two teenagers trying to, <laughs> trying to offer each other advice. <laughs> yeah, first of all, Sharpie was a brilliant player. Um, and I just couldn't see a way into the first team. He just won Young PFA Player of the Year. He was playing for England. And he was putting on performances after performances. So then he got injured and I just took my chance. And then from then on, you know, you could quite easily not get bitter, but, you know, sort of distance yourself away. But we, we always got on with each other, um, with similar age. Quite often we'd play together. I'd play on the right and he'd play on the left or vice versa. So we all had, always had a good relationship. And he he made his debut at 16, 17, um, first team football. So he had a lot lot to offer. And he, he did help me. He helped me in different ways. We, we got on. We got on really well right from the beginning. Yeah, he told us. <laughs> what was your relationship off the pitch with him then? No, it's the same because we were the same age, and obviously um, we had, you know, we had the apprentices who were who were my age. You know, we would go out, we would be going to the same places, which would be, <laughs> which would be what? Well, you know, a, a night out, Saturday night out, Sunday night um, out. Or? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, we used to we used to. I mean, back then you would know what was going on every day. So yeah. Thursday night, Coco Savannahs. Friday nights, um, it would be, uh, would it be Friday nights? That was, uh, it'll come back to me. It would be Royals. Yeah, that would be, be Saturday night Royals. And also Wednesday night was Royals. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was 70s night. Brewers gold. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie, you're bound to have been at a few 70s nights. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I, I remember that. Just that Royal. Yeah, absolutely. What was the other one where the um, the floor was always sticky? Oh, uh, that was uh, Ritz. Uh, the Ritz, yeah. Ritz, the Ritz. Ritz, yeah, Ritz, the Ritz yeah. yeah. Ryan, I want to ask you a question. On your full debut, if we get back to football, did you score the winner or was it an own goal? No, uh, I definitely scored the winner because the manager told me that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming in and he said, did you get a touch? I went, mm. he went, no, you got a f- touch I went okay <laughs> and you'll own up for it and then it was Colin Hendry who had come off and he gave an interview um, a match of the day afterwards saying um, listen I don't want it give it the boy so in them days yeah, obviously nice. it was uh, it was you know no way would it be my goal now not even a million years would it be my goal but yeah um, the manager told me it was my goal it hit your shoelace you're claiming it yeah absolutely was that what Sir Alex was good at because he knew that would give you confidence no it's probably bigging himself up because he picked oh. me to start and I scored the winner so <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with you then <laughs> nothing to do with me no <laughs> well why did no I'm kidding um, yeah I mean definitely because um, that that was probably the most nervous I've ever been as a footballer uh, mm-hmm. before a game I was so nervous because it was unexpected I maybe thought I would be on the bench, but there's no way that I thought I was starting. Can you remember who you was up against? I would have been up against... Uh, Brightwell, would it? Brightwell. Yeah, I think it was yeah. Brightwell. Poynton yeah. was left back. Yeah, That's it would have been right. Brightwell. Yeah. yeah, Redmond's centre-half. Colin Hendry, probably the other centre-half. Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. I remember Scolese saying in his podcast that he always had a little bit of nerves before games. Were you like that? No, I never never really got, got nervous. I got probably nervous... In the week building up to it, yeah, 
I would be lucky, especially if it was a big game. Then before the game, no, not really. I was quite good at closing everything around me and I was pretty pretty chilled. And it wasn't until I was actually walking on the pitch that I started getting so, sort of up for the game. I was, I was a big one for saving energy. I don't want to use any energy up. So I felt that, you know, being nervous um, might use a bit of energy. Who did you rim with at that time when you first came into the squad? Well, when, my first couple of games, I was with Darren. I was with Darren Ferguson. Um, so his debut, uh, I think it was Sheffield United, we roomed. So he just got in the squad. We travelled, both travelled. He hadn't played, I hadn't played. And it was between me and him, really. But it was Darren early on and then Paul Ince after that. Mm-hmm. What were your two roommates like? Because I remember Scolzi said that he shared with, remind me, was it Phil? Nicky. Was it, who was it telling us that it shared? Was and, was it yeah, Phil? And Phil used to get up. No, somebody shared with somebody and they one person got up really, really early and one person got up really late. But anyway, the point of the story is, did you compliment both of your roommates? No, that's exactly what we were like. Oh. So Incy was, uh, Incy was stay up late and then get up late and I would go to bed reasonably early and get up early. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. When I was getting up in the morning and creeping around trying to make a cup of tea, Incy would be Incy yeah. would be calling me all sorts. <laughs> Welsh this, Welsh that. What are you doing? What time is it? Yeah. What what uh, what year did Sir Alex start giving you your own rooms? Is it early two thousands? It was after ninety nine because I remember rooming with Teddy in ninety nine. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, I, I was well, I was rooming with Coley then. I was rooming with Andy Cole, and, um, typical Coley. Coley hardly said anything, even when I was rooming with her. <laughs> Awkward brilliant. silences. No, honestly. Um, I, would, I would speak, I would be watching telly and I'd speak to him, what do you think of that, Coley? He'd be asleep. He'd be asleep <laughs> like that, or his, his arms crossed. Okay, night, Coley. And, uh, so what happened was, when I learned I was rooming on my own, we got to a hotel and um, I've, got the, I've got the keys and I've gone, Coley, we're room thingy. He went, nah, bro, I'm in room such and such. I went, all oh, right, you're not room with me anymore. No, I've got my own room. Oh, that's how I found out. I think I've been sat next to him on the coach all the way. <laughs> okay. uh, Guess I'm rooming on my own then. Great. <laughs> who would have been your natural... If you could have picked, who would you have picked at that time? Uh, well, I got on. My big mate was Butty, but that's a different... Yeah, if I'd have liked to have roomed with him, I'm not too sure because he can't keep still. Yeah, that would have been a nightmare. <laughs> I, did room with, I did room with him a couple of times then on pre-season, but no, I, I enjoyed rooming on my own actually um, after that and you just get used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you first started establishing yourself as a first-team player, were there any other moments where you're like, I've just done a one-two with Brian Robson and you had to sort of almost pinch yourself to think that you were playing with, with proper established big-name football players and still as... Quite so young at like seventeen. No, not not really, because it was you'd, you'd seen him, um, you know, from fourteen, from fifteen. You were sat next to him in the cliff, you know. You were queuing up next to him for food, so you never really had that sort. Of, you were sta- where you were starstruck. I mean, Mark Hughes and Brian Robson were my heroes. I had posters of them on my wall, but then from fourteen, fifteen, you you, you know you you sat next to him at the cliff, so yeah. never really got to that. Never really felt like that. I asked about Brian Robson because one, I wanted to know the answer and two, because I wanted to bring up a story that he told us on his episode of the podcast in which he said when you were still at the cliff and you were sort of 17, 18 and getting in the team, uh, you started asking about whether or not you should you should be getting a car. Oh, yeah, I got stitched up. <laughs> yeah, got stitched up. What, what are your yeah. memories of that? 
Well, my memories of that, well, my first thing that comes to my mind is the gaffer's red head looking at me, wanting me to throw me out the window. Um, yeah, so basically I played about 20, 25 games and I'd said to Robbo, because um, he was, he, Robbo would never, at that time he'd never took the mick out of me really or, you know, done any practical jokes. So I trusted him and I said, Robbo, you know, everyone had a club car, I think it was like Volkswagen Passats at the time and... Um, Audis. So anyway, I said, I've played 25 games now. I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think you should go and ask the manager. Go and ask the manager. Tell him you've played 25 games and you deserve a car. So I've gone, okay, sounds good. So I've gone knocking on the door and I've said to the manager, um, listen, uh, boss, I've played 25 games now, you know. I think I'm fairly established. What about a club car? And halfway through the sentence, I could see his face changing. And as soon as I said club car, it was red. It was, it, his face was red. And he just started swearing at me and says, club car, you won't even get a club bike. Get out of this office now before I, throw, before I throw you out. And as I've opened the door, half the first team are waiting outside the, the door. So they've been listening in. They're just looking for the reaction. But yeah, you learn, um, you live and learn. Oh, how disappointing. Did you have a car at this time? No, I didn't have a car. I was driving. Uh, no, I was driving my stepdad Sierra Estate. <laughs> Sierra Estate. I tell, tell, tell you, story uh, when um, when I first passed my test, I um, so the car park opposite the K stand, so where you know the the big car park. That's where mm-hmm. we used to park. We used to park there. That was the players' car park, and walk over. You were able to walk over before a game, three hours before. So the first time I drove to a game. So I've drove to the game, I've, and it must have been like not well known, but anyway, I've got to the lights near the cop phone at Trafford Park. I've stalled. There's a load of United fans next to me, and it was a big Sierra State, two litre big state, and it's just gone like that. It's gone back and forth. So anyway, I've parked the car. I've got out of the car at the car park at Old Trafford. There's three or four autograph hunters. So I've got out of the car. Started signing autographs. They've gone, Ryan, your car's rolling. And I forgot to put the handbrake on. Oh. It's, nearly, oh, it's nearly rolling into the gaffer's uh, big Mercedes. <laughs> so I've had to go right after it, <laughs> jump in the car. <laughs> I've still got a pad and pen. So I'm still trying to sign autographs <laughs> and put the handbrake on. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I had, um, that was my Sierra State. And then about a few months later, there's um, Quicks on the corner. Ford quit for uh, Quicks. Yeah. Ford. So I got my Escort about four or five <laughs> months later. Red Escort. Did you ever get a club car? Yeah, that was the club car. So Danny oh, McGregor, okay, who used yeah, to be yeah. the commercial manager, he sorted out a deal with me with Ford. So you did eventually get one. How many games were I you did. at when you got that? Yeah, it was about 50 <laughs> games, I think. <laughs> but no bike. No. The, uh, <laughs> the, the time you went into to Alex's office and asked for the car, was that the first time you got a proper telling off? No, no. Well, I'd had plenty <laughs> before then. That's how I knew that I'd said the wrong thing because I see I've seen that face turn before. The red like, mist. Yeah, the red mist coming over. No, I mean when I were in the youth team and yeah, I'd, I'd had a few. You know, if I hadn't been playing well. Did you did you still get that as you got old, like when you got much older and you were playing in, in your later thirties, or were you a bit safer then? No, I, later thirties, fine, but you're still on your guard. Um, but it, yeah, mid thirties, you were still. If you heard that cough, you know, <clears throat> going down, <clears throat> if you heard that, you would duck out of the way or you would turn the other way just in case he's in a bad mood. Yeah. Because you just never knew. That's so true. Everybody on the podcast always says that Nicky Butt was the practical joker. Obviously, you're saying that he was your closest one. 
Did you kind of hide behind his jokes or were you one of the practical jokers too? Or did you just let him take the lead and hide from his limelight? It's like Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, you two. <laughs> we were both as bad as each other, yeah. You weren't safe if us two were about. No. He was at it this morning. Me and my mate have played golf earlier this morning. My mate's left his car open. I mean, that's... That's you don't do that when the goal, him and his mate were playing. We don't get when two lads from Gorton are knocking about. And halfway round, we've got my mate's got a text and he's just gone, Oh no. Or he's just said, You shouldn't leave your car open. What's he done? So he's still at it now. And you just never <laughs> felt safe with Boy. Um, you just never <laughs> felt safe with anything. What did he do? What did he do to the car? He didn't actually do anything. Right, yeah. But just that fear when you're like, yeah, on it's just that fear. Hole yeah. at 14 and you're yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> It was brilliant because it put my mate off his game and I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a thought I've had since um, we spoke to Lee Sharp. He told us about his uh, relationship with Sir Alex and the way he dealt with things. Did you? Because you were there for so long. Did you see his ability to adapt to different players and his ability to adapt to the changing times? Because like as a manager now, I guess the dressing room that you have at Wales is so different to dressing rooms you would have been in as a player, yeah. even on just things like the use of mobile phones and stuff. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the great things about the manager. He moved with the times. Um, you know, he had obviously his standards and his discipline, but he moved with the times because he realised that not only footballers, but culture in general was was changing. And, and kids coming through were different. Uh, you had to handle players differently. And yeah, that's, that's, just, that's just not footballers. That's just people in general. And mobile phones was a big one when I was first in the team. It was only Paul Parker. I used to be called, I don't know if you maybe remember, Busby. That was his nickname because he was big like Rick. He was the first one to have the mobile phone, so he was constantly on it. But um, yeah, I mean, there was that famous time when he confiscated all our mobiles because he felt that the team was getting leaked. So before the game, uh, it was before we played City. He took everyone's mobile off him. That was quite late on in your career, though. That wasn't. That it? was quite late on. Yeah, that was quite I late. Remember on. that. But yeah, but he 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 moved with the times. He moved with the times. Shall we talk about trophies? Where do we begin for a start? But lots of people say their first one was the most special. But for you, obviously, you've got so many. Is that the most special for you? The winning your first trophy or first league title, even? Yeah, first league title. I mean, my first trophy was. Um, Called the Rumblers Cup then. Uh, UEFA, did you get the Super Cup in '91? Oh, the Super Cup. Yeah, the Super Cup. How we won that game, I'll never know. We got battered off Red Star Belgrade. But yeah, that was my first one. And then obviously the League Cup. But yeah, the, it is difficult. But growing up as a United fan, that, that first league title was huge. And especially after what happened the year before when we lost out to, to Leeds. That was massive. Why do you think you lost to Leeds that year, Giggs? Um, we had a lot of injuries and we had a, games in a we had tough games in a short space yeah, of time. time I think we had Forest at home we had West Ham away and Liverpool away all in I think it was like six days or something like that and wow. we just couldn't we just couldn't cope and the momentum was lost the momentum was lost probably just a little bit before that and Leeds were the opposite they yeah. were just flying so you remember that hurt and you think I don't want that to happen again oh um, yeah and every time I went back to Upton Park, every time I went back to Anfield, I felt that for, for years, mm-hmm. that feeling um, that I had that. Like the feeling at Sunderland as well, isn't it? When City won it and everybody's on the pitch and same kind of feeling. 
Yeah, I mean, um, Sunderland was a little bit different because it was sort of out of our hands and we didn't mm. expect to win the league that before the game. And then you get sort of, oh, wait a minute, we, we might have done it. Got a chance. So it was a little bit different because it was in our hands, really. Um, and when it's in your hands, that's like, and you, you blow it. Mm-hmm. That's probably a worse feeling. I just because Helen said about uh, which is your favourite trophy for those listening I'll give them a quick reminder of what it was you had to choose from so 13 Premier League titles 4 FA Cups 3 League Cups 9 Community Shields 2 Champions Leagues 1 UEFA Super Cup 1 Intercontinental Cup and 1 Club World Cup and there's none behind you (laughs) (laughs) no I've never had them in my house I've never had trophies in my house are you not into memorabilia at all no no, what about shirts do you keep shirts no no and I wish I had them I See, I, I always say this to Johnny. I'm like, you should keep. Sometimes I take them and steal them, like from the Euros and stuff, because yeah, yeah you should to give to your children, isn't it? One day, did you keep yeah. stuff like that, Maisie? Uh, I've kept. I, I gave most of them away, but the ones that the fi- cup final shirts I've kept. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I just give away. I suppose. What do you do with them? Like, but they probably just yeah, sit in a big box. In the attic. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Giggsy, what did you do with your car from the? Uh, was it the club? The club bill cup. You got man of the match, didn't you? Yeah, uh, I got a, like a Toyota Celica, yeah. Did you ever get that? Yeah, I got it, yeah. Did but you? I made a mistake. Yeah, so I I shouldn't have got mine of the match, by the way. Bozzy should have won no, it. No, Bozzy was, no, Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Maisie. I was expecting, no, no, you didn't. You know, you didn't. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I was doing an interview at the end and they said, you know that you've got the club car, but you can choose. You can have the yeah, have a club car. You could... You, you win Toyota or uh, you can have the money. So I've gone, oh, the money. And quite quickly, I've seen them all like, look, but that's not the right answer. And I've gone, <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'd love the car. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but they, they ship the car over. Yeah. Did they? Toyota Celica. Celica. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now there's some memorabilia. Out, out of all the, all the trophies you've won, is there one that just stands out where you think, I won't mind living that one again? Uh, well, 99 is the... The, 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 yeah. the best feeling I've ever had I mean yeah 99 was the best feeling it's hard because you know you don't want to dis- disrespect the other one I grew up as a United fan we haven't won it for 26 years and like yeah. I said with the Leeds then we do win it if I really had to pick it would be that well, I'm not narrowing I'm narrowed down to two I mean, it would yeah. be the, the first league one and uh, European Cup what about your last one is your last one special because you know I'm not going to do this again yeah, I think, you know, the later ones were just, it was more satisfying because you, you would see some of your teammates winning it for the first time. Yeah. And it's like you're buzzing off that. It was that, just like Moscow. It was different because, you know, you've seen Rooney, you've seen Ronaldo, you've seen all these players who've never won it before and you're sort of buzzing for them as well as yourself. Whereas um, first time you won it, you're just thinking, right, yourself, oh, I've won the league. And the first time you win the Champions League, it's all about you but then the later ones yeah like the last one um, and towards the end you're thinking this could be my last one so you try and enjoy it but it's a different feeling no no, not saying it's disrespecting by saying you didn't celebrate or didn't enjoy it as much but it was just different that's a bit like the Michael Jordan isn't it in the last dance he's, he's, he says the same thing he's watching because he's won so many championships he's then looking at the other players winning the first Yeah, and he's like he's there just yeah you know it's his seventh and it's our first, but they're absolutely buzzing. And he's like, yeah, take a chill. Yeah, because, because you remember that feeling that yeah. they've got there. Yeah. after the first one. That's such a nice answer, though. I love that, that you're so happy for other people and you can, like, 
you know, be excited for their joy. Yeah, because you 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 know what they've gone through. You know what um, yeah. until you win that first one, you, you've always got that doubt in your mind. Am I ever going to win it? Am I ever going to, you know, especially if you come close a few times? You must have seen that in Robin Van Persie when he won. won. Well, Robin was, yeah, it was slightly because he was older, but yeah, that same thing, and especially the contribution that he had. Yeah. And he come, especially, you, you know, you see players who come to win trophies and they say that. Yeah. And that was a big move for Robin. I come to win trophies and he did it and he was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was brilliant for Robin as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, usually when we do this, as I said, we would go through the career and we talk about season to season, but we just, we'd be here forever. Um, so we've compiled uh, a selection of just fairly miscellaneous questions that we just thought we have to ask. And hopefully these fit more in line with the kind of questions that perhaps you'd get from school kids. <laughs> the, the first one is, uh, tell us about the tights you wore in the Manchester Derby. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's a good one. That's a good question. Um, well, I was coming back from a hamstring injury and I think it would have been in the, the winter and I think the physios had said, you know, I trained, I used to always train in and it just felt better with my hamstrings. And obviously I was warming up in long pants and it wasn't until I actually took the tracks in bombs down, I could hear a noise, I could hear, oh, you know, a little, oh, those. <laughs> oh. And it was like, oh. And then it was like all the whistles when I come onto the pitch. But um, yeah, it was just because I was coming back from a hamstring injury, really, and I just wanted to keep them warm. But looking back, maybe I should have just stuck with wintergreen and DP. <laughs> it's, no- it's quite normal now, isn't it? No one would bat an eyelid today. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, no. So the trend set up. <laughs> this is a, he won't appreciate me saying it. After that happened, my dad, who played veterans football, uh, wore a pair of my mum's tights to football. He was like, well, Giggsy did it. So this is fine. <laughs> yeah, trailblazer. Yeah. Maisie, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have seen Maisie get some tights on over them calves. I must actually admit, <laughs> I did wear a pair of my mum's tights through the winter. Not, not obviously... Where, not, when not, you were playing football no, no, recently? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was a kid, playing Sunday League for, for Boundary Park Juniors. Yeah? Uh, yeah, just it's same, same thing. Just to get a little bit of warmth, keep warmth in your legs. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's a first. Brilliant. Nice. Yeah. And now we just wear now we just wear stockings. That's it. Just a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, next one, and there's sort of follow up questions to this because everything about this is absolutely bizarre. So we're playing Aston Villa, we're losing one nil. Peter Schmeichel's in goal. All of this is a bit odd already. We get a free kick, and you strike the ball at the same uh, time yeah. as David Beckham. How did you both not end up slightly injured? How did the ball still hit the target? Whose goal would it have been if it had gone in? Whose idea was it? And it just—it just seems mad. Like everything you think about it, it just seems mad. I honestly do not know what happened. I, I can't remember <laughs> if said if we both said you have it, or which was highly unlikely if it was Bex. And I just thought I'm going to have it. I, honestly, I don't know. But it was an unbelievable strike, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was like amazing. Top corner, wasn't it? Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was flying in. Yeah, well, it would have been my goal for a start because I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> I, never took, I never took any free kicks after he came into the team so I would have claimed it most definitely yeah it just, it just seems so weird that that happened we'd have both gone off celebrating Bex would have yeah. 100% gone off celebrating yeah we'd yeah. both gone that just way split did you talk about it afterwards <laughs> and say maybe we should try that again because it was a great strike yeah we just laughed at, laughed at the end of it but 
it was weird. That was weird. And I haven't got an explanation for it, which affects my have. But I really haven't. I can't remember if one of us said we'll run over it or I mm-hmm. honestly do not know. It's, it's incredible, especially if it was an accident. Yeah, no, it was an accident. Yeah. Ryan, I have two other clever routine thoughts. There was the incredible goal against Chelsea where Ronaldo scored the header. You ran the ball in from the corner and put the cross in after Rooney had put the ball down. Just tapped it. But presumably didn't tell the linesman that that's what was happening. So it all worked perfectly. We get the goal, but it doesn't count. And we've watched the angles and it sounds like you even say, did he not tell you to the linesman checking that Rooney didn't didn't offer that advice? No, no who I was talking, I told the referee. Oh, you did? Yeah, I told the referee that Wayne's going to touch it and he didn't tell the linesman. So oh, the, linesman flagged, the linesman flagged, but I told the referee. So it was something we we thought about. Mm-hmm. I, we, I think we actually scored from the next corner, so it wasn't yeah, too bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been one of the that would have been a brilliant goal. Yeah, because cruelly robbed. It was yeah, it was something we talked about in training. Yeah, but the fact that you actually the fact that he actually told the referee, surely he should have gone over and said to the linesman, "Listen, I've spoke to Giggs. He told me." Yeah, he blew up straight. Away. Yeah, he blew up straight. Away. It was crazy. He must have thought something else has happened here. Oh, I was gutted. And you actually worked on that in training? Yeah. We, well, we talked about it. Right. Just me and Wayne, we talked about it. You go over and touch it and uh, just put it out of the, um, the D. Yeah. And, yeah, I just dribbled in. I mean, if you think about it, why would I dribble in from a corner? I know. If you think yeah. about it. But, it makes no sense. You know, you're, you're on it, was, uh, it was a really good linesman, actually. It was uh, Darren Khan. And every time, every time we had him, I mentioned it. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty go. Oh, no, it's not letting go. Yeah. Well, you can't do it again, can you? Because it works no, from exactly, the surprise. Yeah. So you get that one chance. Yeah. Yeah, hideous. And the next one is you You had a throw in and Patrice Everett threw the ball into your back. I remember that. That was summer. Andre used to do Kachelskis. I think it was uh, summer Paul Parker and Andre Kachelskis used to do early on. So it was something that uh, we, we, again, we talked about and... Um, yeah, I pick up the ball, give it part, and just stand in front of him. Perfect. Yeah, perfect, yeah. You just mentioned um, talking to Wayne about that in training. How much did you enjoy training? Obviously, you had such a, so many years of it. How Did you enjoy it more at the start of your career, at the end of your career? Was it different? Uh, I loved it all throughout my career. It's the thing did I missed. You? I don't miss the games. I miss training. Yeah. Really? I miss training. Yeah, yeah. Is that I for the camaraderie the or...? Yeah, and also, you, even though I, you don't get nervous, I, I say I don't get nervous, you put pressure on yourself. So you enjoy winning the trophies and you enjoy playing well and scoring goals, but actually the games, do you enjoy everything that surrounds a game? But training, I just loved it. Mm-hmm. I just love, I mean, playing football every day mm. with you know your mates, it doesn't get any better. And towards the end, probably enjoyed it more, more than ever because you, I'm always thinking, you know, is it going to be my last year? One of my last training sessions, so you try and enjoy it even more. Ryan, what's the most goal that you the goal you've been asked about most in your career? Sorry. Oh, Arsenal goal, yeah, at Villa Park, hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know, every so I think it was a couple of it was last month. It was the anniversary, um, twenty one years. It's yeah, everyone asks about that. You're not on social media either, but when you are on uh, social media, you do see these anniversaries of things coming up all the time. Uh, just yeah. talking about social media, though, is that something that you just always decided? Are you kind of old school, like you brought up by Sir Alex? That's what you, you, you decided to go with, no social media, or just doesn't interest you? I don't know. 
yeah, it's not that it doesn't interest me. I, I've just never done it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, when we were going through it, it was this time last year when we, well, no, it was a bit later. We'd just been beat a couple of times for Wales and then we won a game, but we didn't play well. And I come into the um, press conference and one, one reporter says that you've been trending on Twitter, which I thought that would be good. Yeah. But apparently it wasn't. <laughs> I was trending, gigging out. <laughs> so that was, uh, that's another reason why I'm not on social yeah. media because you can just block out that noise, yeah. um, especially yeah. as a manager. And I, I was, I touched on it before, I was always one who was focused, one, didn't want any outside noise. Um, but it works for other people. And I'm, yeah, some things are great. I mean, I've seen st- some stuff that Patrice has done. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't for me. Just not something you've ever been into. Did Sir Alex manage you personally in a way where towards the last couple of years he would give you, because he didn't give many days off, let's be honest, did he? But did he start to give you little days here and there off to keep you sweet? No. I'll tell you what he did do. Um, Towards the end, in like the international break, he'd give me like a week off, uh, go away. Mm -hmm. You probably really needed it then. Yeah, and he knew that, you know, he could trust me. He couldn't, you know, if you're saying to a 20... uh, Someone in their 20s, they're going away. Where are they going to go? You know, they could be going anywhere, but you knew that you could trust me and you just go away and just relax. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, he did. And yeah, 100%, if, you know, I'd have had a new manager at 36, 37, I wouldn't have been playing at United till I was 40. He just knew how to handle me and get the best out of me. Mm-hmm. And he could trust me that, you know, he wasn't going to play me for two or three weeks, but when he, I was called upon, I was ready. Mm-hmm. In terms of keeping yourself sort of disciplined and your diet and everything. How sort of regimented was it? Because I read an interview once, uh, I don't know if it was an interview, it was an article about you that said that if you had butter on toast, that you would feel laggy like the next day because your diet was so strict that everything was working as it was and it didn't, it wouldn't cope with, with something different. Yeah, I've got little, I mean, I love chocolate. Um, I love um, loads of butter on my toast. They're the things that I, I love, amongst other things. So when I, wasn't, when I wasn't playing well, when I felt a little bit sluggish, I just cut them out completely. So that's what it was. Yeah. You know, I would, if I was playing well and I was having toast and loads of butter on it, I'd just carry on. But if all of a sudden I felt a little bit sluggish, it was, it was nothing physical, it was more mental. It was more sort of punishing yourself. <laughs> punishing yourself, right, okay. You're not having any toast, you're not having any butter. Yeah. You start playing well, mate. It's <laughs> about like parenting yourself. I, I dairy milk staying in the cupboard until you score. <laughs> I remember Maisie saying what his pre match meal was. Was it? So, was it like egg and chips or something? Yeah. No, that, that, when it first started, like 1988, it'd be, your pre match would be. Uh, or your meal, the, the, the evening meal before would be like steak and chips, that's all you got. Yeah. And then it'd be chicken or fish, that's it. Nothing else. How did yours change over the years, Ryan? Yeah, when I first came into the team, we used to eat at Old Trafford uh, three hours before we'd have, we would have steak. Yeah. Um, and then it changed. And then um, it used to be uh, chicken and beans, soup, chicken and beans. And then for the majority of my career, career it'd be pasta. It would be pasta. It'd be pasta for a normal kickoff. For when I'm stupid, eleven o'clock or twelve o'clock kickoffs, it would be um, cereals and maybe a bit of scrambled egg on toast. I saw an interview earlier uh, where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said that once at breakfast, Ronaldo walked in drinking a Coke, and you pinned him really? to a wall 
to let him know that that wasn't acceptable? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I've pinned him. Um, I might have told him that oh, yeah, we, we don't do this. Yeah. yeah, and then he went and scored that trick. Probably. I drink what I want, Giggsy. Yeah, Giggsy. Yeah. What, what was it like after um, you're the most decorated? So you've you've won so many things. What about when you lost? Yeah. Was it was it a long? Yeah. Cause, I mean, the gaffer used to say when you win things, right, that's it. Put that to bed. But did things used to linger through the through the close season? Obviously, you celebrate and that's it. Yeah. But with with losing, how did you cope with that? No, I wasn't good at losing um, at all, and it would it would ruin the summer. You'd be on holiday, and you would you would listen. You'd you try and not let it ruin your summer. You go away, and but I couldn't help myself. I, you know, you sunbathing mm. or you're on the beach, and all of a sudden you you go back to a game where you could have won or it could have been different. And I just, my mind would wander back to the season if you haven't won anything that year, which isn't great for a manager. Um, I remember Gary Speed saying, um, you have to, when you're a manager, you have to get lo- you have to get used to losing. Yeah. And I was like, Speed, what are you going on? I'll never get used to, but I know what you mean. You have to handle it. You have to be able to handle it because it will happen. Um, you can't be like you're a player. So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't great when we lost. Do you dwell on losses more now as a manager than you did as a player? Oh, yeah, yeah it's horrible. Well, it, well, the problem with, obviously, again, it's um, international. You know, I mean, you, sometimes you don't have a game for three months. So if you've lost a game before, you've got three months to think about it. Whereas as a player, you lost on a Saturday, you, you can't wait for that Wednesday yeah. game. Because then the, mm. you win on a Wednesday, the feeling's gone. Yeah. So you can't wait for that next game when you have lost, whereas international managers, obviously, sometimes you have to wait a long time. Back to when you were a player, how difficult was it for you and was it your idea to transition from like a world-class dazzling winger into an absolutely sensational central midfield player? Yeah, I, I played midfield when I was younger. So, I mean, I, I tell you, it was against the teams where we dominated it wasn't hard at all because you got the ball, you know, more or less. When you played against the better teams, then it was a lot more of a challenge because you had to be more disciplined. You know, you might play your playing against, you know, say you're playing against the front Lampard, you're going to have to run with him every time he goes. And you're playing against teams that might have just as much possession as you. So it's, it's a bit different. When, when the teams who we dominated at Old Trafford, even away from home, it was easy. It was something, I, I loved it. I loved it because you're more involved. As a winger, you stood out on the wing waiting for service, waiting for someone to give you the ball. When you're in midfield, you're on the ball, you're always involved. I loved it. What was it like playing alongside Scolzi then in midfield? Obviously easy. Yeah. No, it was. It, it was it, it was easy. Obviously, it was just about the communication or a nod because I wanted to go forward and he wanted to go forward. But also, he could drop back in that quarterback role and dictate it. So, no, it's, it's played against Scolzi. You know, I say about communication, it was just sometimes a look, just sometimes yeah. a nod. And you, you always want to play with players who um, you give them the ball and you can trust them. And even if they're under pressure, and he was, he was one of them. Yeah. What um, you've obviously had so many different teammates. What was your favourite dressing room over the years? Oh, it was always a good dressing room. I mean, it was different. Obviously, the first dressing room because I felt like I was coming into a yeah, dressing room yeah. full of men, and 
you know, I'm taking the mick out of Brucey and Brian Robson saying, you know, are their age? And they're saying, you know, it'll soon come around. And it, it does. But nah, you can't win or you can't have won what we did without a good team spirit. And it was all, it's di- just different. It was always great. It was just different. You know, you go from the younger lad um, to the older lad, the one who sometimes players, young players, ask advice of rather than you be the one asking advice. Who came to you most, would you say, in your later years for advice? I mean, quite often footballers are sort of proud that they don't come to you, but you know when a player's struggling that you, you can yeah, go you to them. approach them, them. Yeah. yeah. you approach them. And it's not a lot, it's just little pointers. And it might not even be anything about football. Just say, don't let yourself any chocolate until you're doing better. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What was Maisie like in the changing room? I've heard lots of stories, obviously, from other players, but we like to hear everybody's personal opinion. No, it was was good to have in the dressing room. Obviously, you come from um, a good good dressing room with Blackburn, and I think there was a lot of pressure, obviously, um, on him because it it was a big move, and then they win the league. Um, so after that, no, he was always good in the dressing room. He's crazy. He is crazy. Um, but that's good. That's good. Everyone's, you know, you have your quiet ones. Maisie was loud. Um, but nah, nah, it was always good to have Maisie Quiet in his first season, though, we were told. He didn't speak. Do you quieter, remember that? Quieter. <laughs> 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 he made up for it, don't worry. <laughs> I remember what you said earlier on, Casey, about, you know, you coming into the first team and then missing out on that first league title because of Le- because of Leeds. Yeah. Well, I just left Blackburn that year. Yeah. And to watch them, I thought, I've let these lads down. Yeah. And it just gives you that little bit incentive for the season after. I mean, won the league at Mid- Middlesbrough and then won- went on to win the FA Cup. Yeah. I think going into that dressing room, because you just won the league, you just won the FA Cup, and I'm working into a team of absolute superstars but what I do remember is, as you were touching on about the dressing room, how Brucey was, how Pally was, Sparky, Ince, and that togetherness makes the team, even yourself, uh, Big Pete, Eric, some characters in there. But um, I don't know where I'm going with this story, to be fair. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> no, um, but you always, you, you, you got to stand up for yourself, which, which you do. Yeah. And you've got to prove to these players as well. Sorry, that, that's where, I, yeah, yeah. Which, which you did. I mean, I remember when you signed, actually, and, uh, you know, all my mates, United fans, what's he like? I says, do you know what? He's decent on the ball. He was always a good trainer. He was always good on the ball, good touch, yeah. good passer of the ball. And trainer? that was what I... Owe. No, he was good. You know, he was... <laughs> no, we're not talking about pre-season runs or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. No. Complete test. Those runs but he I, said where you were right at the top and he was right at the back. <laughs> no, but I always used to judge players who'd come, like, can they handle the ball? Always that second touch of tackle. Amazing, he could always handle the ball. And in the boxes, which were brutal, were absolutely brutal, that, you know, a new player coming into this environment, we would test them. Yeah, we would yeah. bobble balls up. We would um, give hospital passes. We'd smash them, you know, if, if we had the chance. It was a constant test. And Maisie was, um, Maisie was always good on the boxes and good on the ball. I like that. that. Cheers for that. 20 years later. <laughs> oh, you were so on, yeah. And then... Well, do you know what? We'll go back to that famous quote from Sir Alex. <laughs> Best passer of the ball he's ever seen. Yeah. Defender. For uh, defender. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Whisper uh, that bit. Did you say that's a stretch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a stretch. In terms of those dressing rooms, what was it like for you when your role changed when Sir Alex retired and David Moyes came in and you became a, a sort of a player coach did you feel you had to 
adapts your relationships with players? Yeah, it was a little bit different. I mean, I was already sort of, I wouldn't say distancing myself, but I was always um, more, I mean, I was 39, 40, so did I have anything in common with, you know, the younger players? Not really. Yeah. But obviously we're in the dressing room, you're still teammates. And it was difficult. It was something that I really, I was on my pro license actually in Turkey. And uh, when uh, David Moyes rang me and asked uh, to come on the coach, and I thought, but this could be my last season. I really want to concentrate on my last season. But I also realised that it could be my next step. So I took it. But I was actually really a player. I didn't really get involved with, well, I didn't take one session of coaching because I was playing. You can't. Um, I would be involved in the meetings, um, especially early on for training. But even then, that got. Uh, difficult because you know you're coming in obviously an hour and a half before potentially and I had a routine where you're getting ready for training so even that was 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 getting more and more difficult so it was all right yeah my relationships with players didn't change it was just I would come down from that meeting and they would say what we're doing today <laughs> that would that, that was the only thing yeah I say we're running lads you're the messenger yeah we're running he's running us leap test again oh I'm not asking you I'm not asking you never tell us the truth you never tell us the truth <laughs> <laughs> what about uh for the four games where you were manager what was that experience like for you no uh, amazing experience amazing you know you and one really that made my mind up that I wanted to become a manager, I would say up until then, I was still unsure. And I just felt comfortable. I felt comfortable decision-making. I felt comfortable in that position. Yeah, it was a brilliant experience. Like I say, I was still doing my pro license then. But actual being in the job, having to make the decisions, all the pressure that you put yourself under, you can't, you can't prepare yourself for that. I was in the away end at Southampton for, I think it was like the last game of the season, I think. Yeah, last game, yeah. And this, the atmosphere there was amazing. Yeah. Uh, people were so behind your team. And that must have felt, as, as someone who's played for the club for, for so many years, to then be the manager and have that support must have been very special. Yeah, I mean, you know, the in, we all know United fans away from home are unbelievable. Yeah. And in that game, we didn't play well first half, but we played really well in the second half. And we could have we could have nicked it. We could have been two or three down at half time. Then second half, we we should have won. So I think the game and also recognising it had been a difficult season and we want to end, end it on a high. So I think it was and yeah, um, the, the team played well. Are you quite glad in a way? Obviously, nobody would have been glad that Sir Alex retired, but it gives you another uh, experience uh, to be led by uh, in Louis Van Hal and David Moyes, of course. Because you probably wouldn't have had that difference before going into your own management career, but you had the difference of the different managers by then. That's definitely right. Um, different approach, um, different people, different personalities. Obviously, I had different international managers. Yeah. But that's only um, you know obviously a short space of time. But I, that's why I always talk about Louis really regarding my coaching because I'm actually two years in the meetings, responsibility, and I talk so fondly of him because. That was really my first coaching uh, role. Whereas when you're playing, you're not really taking any. Not you, you. You don't know the preparation. You don't know what the manager's seen on the videos. You know, players get seven or eight minutes of watching the opposition, but the coaching staff will watch hours and hours. So that is completely different. It's completely different. Even though you know you worked under a manager for so long, it was more sort of the man management and the different things that Sir Alex would do that I've picked up on. Whereas with Louis, obviously, I've seen firsthand 
different systems, why you play the different systems, um, the reasons for this and reasons for that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine you all have lives to get back to. I could sit here and talk all day, um, but I guess we can't. So we'll start to, to close this down. Firstly, Ryan, how have we got on not asking the questions you always get asked? Yeah, very well. Good. I always get asked, what's David May like? <laughs> Cheers, mate. We'll edit that. <laughs> on, a, on a night out. <laughs> I try and avoid him on a night out. That's my, that's my answer. <laughs> Kingsley, did you have a chance... Did you have any chance about leaving United? No, no. Nobody... 2002, 2003, I didn't get off to a good start that season. And there was a lot of... It was when, it was when Bex left. Yeah. Bex left at the end of the season. And that could have... I felt... That was the, the time when I felt, hmm, yeah, maybe the manager could get rid of me. Yeah. I remember you scored that goal against Juventus. Yeah. Where you came off the bench because Diego Forlan got injured, sort of cut through everybody, scored, and you pointed to the back of your shirt. Because it was almost like at that point... People were more interested, or seemed more interested in 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 something else, and like it's been here for ages. What else have we got? Yeah, it was a bit of that. And I, to be honest, I wasn't playing well, and it was in the middle of sort of that transition from flying winger to coming inside into midfield position. So I was still trying to find my, you know, how I could be most effective. Yeah. Is there anybody that we should talk to, a former teammate? I imagine you're going to answer Nicky Butt, but... But, but. <laughs> but, but. Who would be good for our podcast? Who would be good for your podcast? Yeah. Um, have you had Phil on? Phil Nerve? No, I actually said on. that the other day. Try him. Yeah, Phil would be good. Phil Neville. Giggsy, where, where, do you see, where do you see yourself in five years? Not too sure. No? No, I'm not too sure. Just going to take each, each day as it comes off. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the international uh, part of it. The, you know, you're still, within, you're still in football, but also, you know, I still get time to watch my lad play football. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And you're still within football, you know, getting around and watching players and watching games. Yeah. But I don't know. I honestly don't know. Do you, do you visit yourself in the Premier League? or? Um, again, I don't know. Would you, would, you, would you like to give it a go or...? Just yeah, play by it. Yeah, I, I, I probably would, but uh, I, at some stage. But I'm enjoying. It. I'm, I'm enjoying management. And if this is my first and only job, then then so be it. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying it, and I want to make the most of it. So I'm not really looking beyond that. No, that seems very fair. Uh, well, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I'm just laughing at Maisie's <laughs> bird <laughs> shouting all the way It's so loud, isn't it? It's about that big. It's massive. Having a scrap with a vampire. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to laugh there. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Cheers, Gigsy. No, thanks, guys. Cheers. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, pal. Good luck. Cheers. Thank you. Take care, mate. Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye. So another living legend done. That was great, wasn't it? I love that one. So cool. Very good. It was sort of different to our usual style in that. Yeah, it really was. We didn't just follow through, but hopefully people will have heard stuff they hadn't heard before. And and I think it was quite fun. Do you know what? We can just mix our style up. That's just the way we, we work. That's just the way we rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just glad you didn't follow through, Sam. What? Just saying. I've got the quote. I mean, you know, I was talking about the dog paper quote. Yes. Yeah. I've got it now. So, so Alex said, I remember the first time I saw him, he was 13 and just floated over the ground like a cocker spaniel chasing a piece of silver paper in the wind. Oh, so you didn't get it too wrong. You just... Didn't get it too wrong. I know it was a dog chasing dog, silver paper. I just couldn't quite... dog, yeah. 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 
It's a nice quote there, though, isn't it? Yeah, I just thought that was really, really good. It was really, really interesting. And I think yeah. that we asked twist questions that he's not been asked very often. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, it was good. Maisie, did Sir Alex ever compare you to a dog? Uh, it will be probably a uh, St. Bernard. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Just big, fluffy and cuddly. <laughs> is that how you describe yourself? <laughs> and, a, and a big barrel of beer underneath his chin. <laughs> oh, let's move on. Uh, Giggsy has to be one of the best players you've ever played with, Maisie. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media over the last uh, week or so about a certain player uh, who's now gone into boxing, but I don't even want to go into it. Giggsy was unbelievable. The way he changed the way he played is great credit. Or to be a flying winger, the way he was taking fullbacks on and also playing centre-forward at times, to actually move into midfield and then start dictating play is is um, is an art itself. Mm-hmm. Normally, your top midfielders only do that, you know, and uh, for Giggsy to do that was was fantastic. So, yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Unbelievable player. Mm. When you, I think when you look back throughout all Giggsy's games, I think Ollie's trying to bring it back now, or he has brought it back now, the way United are playing. Wingers taking on defenders, centre-halves and, and, and full-backs and getting people off, off the seats. And that's what Giggsy did for, God knows, uh, uh, 20 years, over 20 years. Phenomenal, phenomenal. 20 years, like when you actually, yeah. at the time you just kept saying, right, he's in another season, but when you actually say 20 years, it's unbelievable. He scored in 23 consecutive seasons because the 21 in the Premier League that he scored in a row, but prior to that, he scored two in the in the Division One. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal. That is in, that in itself is absolutely incredible. Nobody will ever get near him on on trophies. No. Ever, ever. But to do it at such you know as Helen said, twenty three, twenty four years at a consistent level. You know if you if you looked at paper clippings, Giggsy would be, I would probably say seven point eight eight every game over the career over his whole career. Yeah. Which is fantastic. 7.8 is so specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I really, really enjoyed that podcast. Loved I'm sure it. a lot Me of too. listeners will be glad that we uh, finally had Ryan Giggs on. And Phil Neville is our next achievement. Yes. So we're going to have to try and get him on get board. Him on. Yeah. Uh, we do have some emails. You've all been kindly emailing in again. Uh, Dave Breslin says, Hi, all. I hope you're well. Thanks for the podcast. Really enjoy listening. The balance of Helen, Sam, and Maisie is brilliant, and you can feel the passion from all three. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. Been a huge Good United night. fan since the early. <laughs> How did I not even remember that you were going to do your Australian accent there? Your little ripper. Been a huge. <laughs> Been a huge United fan since the early 80s and always turn a conversation somehow into United. Loved listening to Lou McCary, Norman Whiteside and Pally, but enjoyed everyone so far. I would love to hear from Sir Bobby, Paul McGrath or Chalky. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Dave, thank you very much indeed. Cheers, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, I've got one from Oosh who says, Dear team, my name is Oosh uh, from Nigeria. I'm an active listener of the United podcast. I have to confess that the interview with Evra is everything. I'm not a footballer, but I can relate to this story. I can't thank you enough for allowing him to share his story. I cried at some point, but I drew strength from what he said. Thank you, guys. Best regards. Thank you, Oosh. Thank you. Helen, yeah. Helen cried on that as well. Yeah. It's been a few weeks since I've cried, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wonder who we can get on next to make me cry. <laughs> Sir Alex, he would definitely <laughs> cry. Oh, be God. crying the whole way yeah. through. 
Uh, hi guys, Colin McCabe. Colin here in Ireland. Absolutely love the work you're all doing. I have been listening to the fantastic content since the beginning. It has brought back so many memories and I've gone back to revisit some of the matches. It's been great. Evra and Pogba were great and my opinion of Paul has changed. He does ensure so much, but being Irish, uh, my favourite has been Dennis Urban. Raging, I missed that one. I uh, would love to hear maybe a John Giles or Paul McGrath who would have some fantastic club and life stories to share. Maybe even Konchelskis. Keep up the good work, guys. Much love, Colin. Thanks, Colin. Uh, I've got one from Arwin. It says, Greetings to the members of the United podcast. I'm Arwin. I'm from Malaysia. I've been a Manchester United fan since I was seven and now I'm 20. I just love the podcast so much, especially the one with Patrice Evra. It was deep and fun. Hope for more of that. And I would really like to see and listen to our former players like Lemanya Vidic, Javier Hernandez, and the Herrera and more. Hope this mail gets to you. Cheers. Glory, glory, Manchester United. Thanks, Arwin. Tell you what, Vidic would be amazing, wouldn't he? He would. He would. All up for a Vidic podcast. Thank you very much, indeed uh, for your emails if there's anyone you would like to hear from in future episodes why not get in touch United Podcast at manunited.co.uk that's UTD Podcast at manunited.co.uk that address is in the show notes if you need it and as always we would really appreciate if you could rate and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts it's been a pleasure once again guys yes thank you Helen thank you Sam cheers Maisie thanks guys thanks Helen bye